Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Russ Rants Podcast. Seriously, I appreciate it. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, really, it's, it's about you. It's for you. It's about having conversations with ordinary people and yet hearing their extraordinary stories. It's a platform that hopefully challenges you to challenge yourself to change and improve. Without further ado, here's the rant. Enjoy. We're getting into it. Hello, everybody. My name is Russ. Welcome to the Russ Rant stream and the Russ Rants podcast because, yeah, we just like to make things hard and do two things at the same time, which is awesome. So, and I'm actually super grateful again today. I just want to give a special shout out to the recent Russ Rants guests because I am typically, I try to be so organized, Russ Rants listeners. Uh, and I haven't been. Life has been chaotic. I look like I have a dumpster behind me. This is just one third of my basement because I'm renovating my basement. So yes, life is really crazy. And these guests, I just asked them like four or five days in advance. They're like, yeah, man, well, hop on. Well, my guest today, I'm so pleased because if anything, it's an excuse to get to talk to uh, a friend of mine. We've known each other for over a decade just so you know. Uh, and it's, it's been a crazy journey, but I actually haven't had an excuse to talk with him for, for many, many years. Uh, this, our guest today is Atlee Simon. Atlee, you know, before we get into it, just for some background for people that don't know, besides being a stand-up guy, and we're going to get into kind of what his journey's looking like right now, Atlee also holds numerous records, which I'm sure he's tired of talking about at the U of R, <laughs> for the U of R Rams in touchdowns. He shares top five records in rushing yards, rushing yards in a game. The boy was a baller. The boy is a baller. He's a great baller. Also was drafted in the CFL uh, by the Stampeders. Had a bit of a journey there. Also got picked up by the Rough Riders. But we'll get into that too. And now he's transitioning, kicking ass as a teacher. And we've got a lot of other thing, uh, fun things to talk about. So thank you so much to my guest, Atlee, for being on the show. I appreciate you, my guy. Hey, I appreciate you having me. No, this is fun, man. No, I'm glad. And, and you've been so accommodating. So again, like... We're all about on the restaurants platform here, Atlee, just saying like we want to give you a platform to tell your story for people to get to know you and even get some encouragement or insight from your journey. So just pretending that we're in a room and a bunch of people are hanging out wanting to get to know you for the first time. Who are you? What is your background? Obviously, the sports was or is a big part of your life. You're even talking about how we had to reschedule the podcast episode because were you coaching and it was a tournament? Oh, coaching, yeah, coaching. all yeah, right. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. So if you, if you're willing, what is your like quick high bio to any casual listener out there about who Atlee Simon is? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a prairie boy through and through born and raised in uh, Saskatchewan, most of my life in, in Regina. Um, I mean, grew up with two loving parents, two siblings, one, uh, an older sister and a younger brother. Uh, Went to a school from K to 12, same school for my whole career, or high school, well, school and career, I guess you could we'll say. We'll call that a career, you um, betcha. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, long, long time. Um, and now I'm back teaching at that school, so you can call me a lifer there. <laughs> uh, I mean, sports, like you, you mentioned before, sports has been my life for forever. Um, football, basketball, soccer, track. Mm. you kind of go down the list that was just my life my dad was a huge part of that um he grew up playing sports he's from small towns uh saskatchewan kalonzi saskatchewan uh grew up in a town of like 500 people but and all you do in in a small town like that is play sports so uh he played football at the u of s uh, and then i just kind of followed right behind him and kind of to copy that same journey. That's crazy. And I, and it's it's really awesome to hear that like sports in a good way, it sounds at least from your tone, that sports was like mm -hmm. a healthy thing in your household. Oh, um, absolutely. Like, was there ever a danger though, Atlee? Because you hear a lot today, especially about like parents that go all in, but not like mm -hmm. our kids just love to be busy. Our kids just love to be in competition. You hear about the ones that are like almost manufacturing that pro career. Was that your mm -hmm. upbringing or was it drastically different? Or kind of half and half. A little bit, a little bit of everything. I mean, my dad's a passionate person. Um, he, he's passionate about everything he does, um, and he he pushed me to get the best out of me. And mm. you know, of course, like as you get, continue to grow and get older, right, you become your own man, and you butt heads here and there. But I I know for a fact that my parents did everything out of them just loving me and wanting the best out of me, and most importantly, trying to tap into my full potential, right? And um, as I think as kids, sometimes you can get complacent and you sometimes need those people to kind of 
you know, slap you over the head and say, hey, smarten up. You need to, you're better than this. And hey, you, you need to do this if you want to get there. And I mean, a lot of people have goals and a lot of people aren't willing to put the work in to get, make those dreams a reality. So, um, yeah, and I mean, my dad, and I'm sure this is a story that a lot of higher level athletes go through, right? Um, <laughs> your dream becomes your parents' dreams. Yeah. And yep. Um, in turn, you got to find that ha healthy balance between the two. And um, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I, I have no regrets through that. Okay. And I think that's interesting to touch on because just, just to make sure, like, I, I don't know, I'm processing it on the fly, but I, I've, I've seen like some casual athletes and it's been really fun. And like, clearly they're in this for the Bush league. They're in this just like to have fun, but there is like yeah. a different switch though. When you're like, yeah, like my guy's playing basketball, but my guy's also practicing like seven days a week on his free throw and he's working mm -hmm. on his form, right? So I, I think that's a really good thing to distinct, like, to distinguish for your family. And obviously, your your two other siblings are ballers as well. Uh, your yeah. sister, if I'm not mistaken, very prestigious in the track sector. Yeah. Obviously, multiple. I don't want to like pigeonhole her, but that's what I recall. No, that that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. She ran Div One track um, in North Dakota State. So all right, all yeah. right. And really, level. and I don't know him very well, but I, I hear your younger brother is a baller. No, he's a stud. For sure. Yeah, yeah, he's just uh, something yeah, I always love. You're such a cheerleader, yeah, he, man. Hey, yeah, no, he just little shout out. He just got made the all rookie team for for U Sport as a first year player. So out at the University of Alberta. So let's nice go. That's mm -hmm. awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay, so you know, with your upbringing and stuff like that, were there obviously like was there a sense or a point? Because I remember when I started to meet you, I was watching high school basketball. Okay. And I, I started to hear some murmurings of, of people's eyes were on Atlee. When did that feel like people were starting to watch you and be like more serious about, oh man, like there's next steps here. And how did you feel about that? Honestly, like, was it like, oh shoot. Or you're like, yeah, like this is what I've been working for. Like this, I'm ready for this kind of thing. Or was it a bunch of everything all at once at different seasons? I think it was a bit of a process. I didn't start playing basketball until I was in seventh grade, um, seriously, but really seriously at all. Um, then I started playing senior basketball because of, because of the school I was at was so small. Mm -hmm. uh, they were able to call up grade eight to to play with the the high school team, and I was one of those kids that was able to play. And then, but I, I, I'm happy I was able to because it gave me two years to kind of be the, the young kid on the team to kind of learn from the vets. And Safe place to grow, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. It was never a pressure for me to just jump right in and be the guy. I kind of had two years to really kind of grow and mature as a, as a player and a leader. And then once I hit grade 10, I uh, I don't know, I, I, I made the provincial team in Saskatchewan and I mm. got, went to nationals there and I played well and then came back in high school and we I was the kind of the guy on the team, so mm -hmm. I was able to excel there. And after that, it, it was John is a small town, right? It's uh if you're a good athlete, your name pops around really quick. And um I was also excelling at football at the time. So it was just kind of my name was kind of bounced around in both communities and before you knew it, everyone knew my name and I didn't know them, but they knew me because I could I was putting up big numbers in, in, in sports. So it it was cool though. I mean as, as that's every kid, high school kid's dream, right? To be to be the man on a team, and um, I'm just happy that I had the school that really and and people around me to keep me level headed and keep me humble, and that was really just what kind of kept me grounded. How did that feel when it started to gain momentum? Because obviously, yeah, your trajectory's going. You're clearly seeing, and I think obviously as an athlete too, you've put in the work, and you're like, this mm -hmm. is paying off. Like this, this is it's getting fun now because all of my mm -hmm. late night sessions or early morning sessions or the additional workouts, like I'm setting myself apart. And like you said, in a small city or a small town, it's like, well, the name is passing around and now people are like, Hey, what up at And you're like, Oh, how, how did that start to feel? Did it ever get old or awkward or was it like a blessing and a curse or was it pretty, like a pretty positive experience throughout that season? I mean, it's, it's mostly positive. I mean, it's, it's, Yeah. I don't really think I had any moments. There's, there's got to be a couple co awkward moments I had throughout my life where a person came came up to me and I played soccer with them back in 
when I was eight years old, oh, and now gosh. they're trying to be now they're trying to be homies. Yeah, now like, that we're in high school, like no. I don't remember you type thing. But <laughs> uh, 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 other than that, I mean, people people are just trying to cheer me on, and I mean that's all you want. It's better than having some haters out there and people trying to t- trying to put you down. So for the most part, people um, were, would always try to be positive with me, um, cheer me on, and. I mean, I had a great community around me, so I, there's no nothing negative really about it. And I was looking up an article at Lee because I, I can't remember the provider. I'm trying to find it, but it was it was a paper kind of talking to you about your decision when you were assessing between basketball and football. Um, mm-hmm. Like, because you'd also, if I'm not mistaken, correct me anytime I'm wrong, but like, were you also getting offers on the basketball side as well as trying to assess football? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the U of R and a couple other schools are offering me uh, both basketball and football. Um, it really, it really just came down to I knew I had a longer career option in football. Um, I was maybe a little bit better at football at the time. Uh, I was, I was one of those athletes I was kind of juggling both hmm. um, in high school and looking back at it like you see athletes now high level athletes they they prioritize one of one of the two um pretty early on in their high school career now um and i was kind of playing both and i got to the point where i got to to university and i i assessed it i i couldn't do both and i was too prideful right Mm -hmm. i was too prideful in the fact that if i was going to try to do both i wouldn't be the best the best right Mm -hmm. and that was my goal i was always trying to be the best i was always trying to stand out and I knew I wouldn't be able to to do that successfully if I was trying to play both at such a high level. And um, I couldn't do it to the team and I couldn't do it to myself. So very fair. Um, lean, lean to football. I mean, it worked out, worked out well. Um, there's a little part of me that always wishes I could have played basketball. Um, I would probably say basketball is my, my first love in terms of sport. Hmm. Um, but now I'm, I'm seeing the fruit of that um after after my athletic career so which we'll so get good. into which is so awesome because yeah, there's yeah. so much and that's why i'm like man like we could camp on this topic forever and i'm like frick there's just too much so so then really quick when when you did bid adieu uh i was gonna i will ask this again probably later because you kind of already touched on it so we might as well dive into that just very briefly but like how hard is it and was it for the what if game like what if I had chosen basketball instead of football. What if I had accepted this offer instead of this this offer? Did it ever haunt you or not really? Uh, I mean, no. I, once I got into it, my head was just fully focused on okay. one thing. And that, basketball is one of those nice things where you, you can continue playing ball wherever, right? There's leagues. There's men's leagues. There's Hard to pick up a football university, game. <laughs> right? Like, you can't, you can't just pick up a tackle football game, right? So... <laughs> the football shelf life is really short hmm. and you know, you, you give it everything you can in that, to that game for however long it, it has you. And um, that was kind of my focus. Right. And football is one of those sports you train for you train for eight months to play a four month season. Right. So you don't, you, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it and you got to kind of give your all nuts to the state. So I, there was not really a lot of time. I was happy with my decision to stay home. Um, which was probably the biggest decision, right? That was probably the toughest one of whether I wanted to move away or stay home. And there's a few things, maybe we can get into that later, but there's a few things that kind of drew me to stay home. And I never regretted that for a second. And then, I mean, I was, I always had a basketball in my hand if, if I could. So it was never really a regret that way. No, that's awesome. And, th- and that's a very strong answer. And yes, you're right. We will get into that because I, I think that there's a lot of people out there. We have a very broad audience on the Russ Rants podcast, as well as other people mm-hmm. that I think I hope will find your story. And so like just even touching on like the what if and, and the regrets and, and the transitioning, we'll get into that in a bit here. But when you're in the U of R, so you selected U of R, I would like to think yep. that it was mostly the hometown feel, but was there, I later learned that it wasn't just home. Like on my perspective, I'm a football fan. You're a football fan. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah I yeah. like. I read about Akeem Hicks being a U of R Ram and now crushing it in the yeah. NFL. And you're like, oh frick, the Rams are like legit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really quick. This wasn't meant to be a main question, but was was that a big decision, or was it just like this is the U of R? They've got a solid football program and it's home. Like literally. I mean, yeah. I, like the Rams have a really storied history. I mean, they they played in the Junior Football League for for a long time before they. Uh, 
got a partnership with U of R to move mm. to U Sport to the U Sport level, and they they won a bunch of national championships during junior their junior career or stint, I should say. And then, I mean, I kind of just looked. There was a there was a, a senior running back just graduating, so and I was moving in, so there Strategic. was opportunity to play. Right, opportunity to play. That's always a huge thing, and I was familiar with a lot of the young guys that were just signing, so. Okay. I knew I was comfortable that way. and um, But, yeah, I mean, you're always looking to play on the most competitive team. And uh, the guys that they were signing, I felt like we, we had a chance to be competitive. And there was some good seasons, some bad seasons. But, I mean, it's football. That's how it goes sometimes. Now, and obviously, you've, you've, got, you've got some positive words for your team. And, and it sounds like that was a very overall positive experience and, ju- and just so people understand <laughs> with, with Adley when he says it worked out modestly you're the all-time leader in rushing yards is that still standing or has that been sur- no it hasn't been surpassed has it if he's not going to humble brag about himself I'm going to humble brag about Adley being like hey guys it, all-time leader in rushing yards and touchdowns for the U of R but there's always a start to something right and in your chapter mm-hmm. was it a hard adjustment then going to that next level of sports or was it, was it pretty awesome? Like in terms of seamless, they, they trusted you right away. Cause I, I've heard stories on mind of like other athletes, coaches can be a fickle, tricky business. You got to earn yeah. the trust. If that rock drops, you're benched for a few plays. Like take us through that, man. How was the first season? How is the next, you know, the rookie season was tough. I mean, uh, I went from being the guy that got the ball like 40 times a game. Yes. And that's not it. That's not an exaggeration. I got <laughs> high school RMF. I got it probably 30 to 40 times a game if I could. And then I went to, I think my first three games, I bet, I, I think I maybe got the ball a handful of times throughout mm, those three games. Wow. I just remember after my first game, we won, and it was this big win, and it was awesome. I didn't, I didn't barely touch the field, and I was walking off the field, and my coach could tell that I was, I wasn't happy, and he was just like, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry, we'll get you in, we'll get you in." And I just thought to myself, "Man, I like, I didn't sign myself up." And and of course, like, I I was a prideful kid in the sense that I was looking at the guys in front of me who were for great dudes. I th- like first off. The two dudes that are in front of me were amazing mentors right. to me. Sure, I, I stay in touch with them still to this day. Um, but in my head, I'm like, I, I know I'm better than these dudes. Even I got the stuff. Um, Give me yeah. the ball. And but it it was honestly just it was it was good because it taught me it gave me some time to get caught up to the speed, um, and it kept me humble. I mean, mm. that's that's the the name of the game as an athlete. I mean, you see so many guys' heads get out of proportion, and again part of part of that journey was having that community around me to keep me grounded and just keep me patient say hey you're gonna get your time and when you do you gotta take advantage of it and uh, i was like four games three games left in my rookie year i get my first start out in ubc and um i get i run for like one 130 and a touchdown and then uh next game it was i think it was if we lost the we we're not making playoffs essentially. And my dad wakes up the, the the morning of the game, and he the night before he writes on a piece of paper uh, one fifty as the number of yards that I'm gonna run for or get. Let's and go. Uh, he puts it under his pillow. He wakes up and he he uh, he tells me I put this under my pillow today. And I was like, okay, no pressure. All right, right. love you too, yeah. Dad. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ran ran for 150, four touchdowns, and like 70 receiving yards or something. Oh my and lord, Ali! That, that that was like the that was kind of my coming home. Or that was the moment. Home party. Yeah, and then after that, it just kind of I don't know it took off from there. Hmm. Are there any fun or unique memories? Because it, it's tough. I, I I have a few other friends. Um, that were semi-pro or pro just for very short stints and they take for granted i've just noticed in talking they're like yeah we like flew and went to this hotel and but i'm like bro wait like i'm not a pro athlete like i know this is boring stuff to you give me the goods like how what was this like so are there any fun memories or interesting times where you're like i'm a i'm a college athlete like this is cool like whether on the bus or tournament or not tournament but playoffs like you know what i mean was there anything that stands out to you where you're like this is a this is fun. This is really cool. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, all the road trips were the best part. I mean, unless you lost after after a loss and you you know you had a long bus ride home, that was the not fun part. But is it dead um, silent, or are there some people like you know complaining in the background? You're like, dude, I'll well, punch you, you know. Well, football is one of those sports you get you get beat up, right? It's like you just went to war, and your bodies people Screaming need a full week you. just people just need a full week just to get eighty percent ready to go for the next <sighs> game, right? So. Yeah. You're 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 on a bus. You just lost a, a close game, and you're in a cramped in the in the back. You may have to sh- share a seat. I know as a rookie, I had to share a seat with an old lineman every time <laughs> on bus rides, and you know it's just yes, awful. But yes. so the, those those are probably not the best. But I mean, the best part was the road trips. Obviously, having your roommate on on the road. But I think the best part is after a win just being in the locker room with the guys the rams had uh a little uh every after every win at home when we had blast uh hipstone live by shakira and the boys would just go crazy in the locker room and, like there's there, there's honestly nothing better than feel, no better feeling than winning a football game and i played a lot of sports i've won a lot of things but football a win in football because you work so hard and mm. you're you you go through so much in the game that i mean Coming out on the other end is uh, a really cool feeling. That's awesome. Um, and, I, and obviously just spending time with the boys, going out. I mean, you're in college. You're going to have a good time and and do those types of things. And just having that brotherhood, just knowing that when you go out or you're going to somewhere, those guys have your back. And they really just become your family for five years or however you're there. So that's probably the highlight for sure. That's awesome. And I'm going to cheat really quick too. And I'm going to glean from you any wisdom. If, if a, if a college athlete or someone who's aspiring to be a college athlete is listening to this, how did you balance? And you don't have to be perfect, obviously, Atlee, but how mm-hmm. do you balance the education and the sports? Uh, obviously, again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sports junkie and you read a lot mm-hmm. in like NCAA and like some students are barely hanging on. They're there for the athletics, right? And you can tell that. Yeah. And you know, like frick man, there was a crackdown on, I can't remember what university it was years ago where they made like fake classes for Swahili that didn't exist because they wanted to bring the GPA up. So these players can make the team yeah. dead, dead serious. <laughs> right. But like, yeah. obviously it's attention because when you're an aspiring athlete, right, you get the offer, you get the, whether it's a full ride, part ride, you're like, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that between like also picking a major and classes and studying, but you also have a game on Saturday? you like, how does that work, yeah. Atlee? Yeah, I don't think people understand. High school is one thing. High school is one, you can just hand in anything you want. Like you can just complete something in high school and, and pass, right? Totes. Not, not the not the reality in university and i mean it's it's a process i mean i i know i'm watching my brother go through it right now in his first year mm. um, and he's moved he moved away and now he's playing at a high level and he's going to school and i remember going through that myself it's just a process of learning the tricks and trades of the university right there's there you got to learn what your prof likes you, you got to make study habits um in terms of choosing a major i mean i I went in thinking I was going to go into business mm. and I quickly real I quickly realized I hated business uh, after mm. my first semester. Uh, but again, I, uh, the person that uh, motivated me to go into um, education was, was Joel Wells. Oh, I, was, I, was, nice. I was in his office and he's like, Hey, you know, what about education? He knew I like coaching and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I mean, obviously you got the example I, right there of what that yeah, would look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. So he was a, he was a great inspiration for me in terms of that. And now I'm in on my third year of teaching and, and loving it. But cool. yeah. And I mean, as a, as a student athlete, you guys just make good habits, right? Make time management, um, good habits go into something that you want to learn yes um, yes and that that can be a tough thing but take your time you're not in any rush if that means it takes you six years it took me six years to graduate hmm. um, i didn't know that it, well i i ran track in university as well that's that's another thing i <laughs> ran uh ran for the cougars and, and this is i i was not good by any means in terms of <laughs> Of, of accolades or anything but i i ran on the team that's where i met my wife actually as well and ah, um ah. so i was a dual dual sport athlete plus going to school so i mean um and i got through it and i'm not any genius by any means i i wouldn't be i'm, I'm a smart guy but i'm not 
a brainiac, but it's just through hard work and time management, again, learning the, the crux of university. No, I think that's really good. And and again, like anyone listening, even in the future, um, I've always been shocked how like I forget about an episode and someone's like, hey, I, was, I really appreciate this episode. It was like four years ago. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm glad that worked out for you. Like, I forget what I talked about. But for anyone that's even balancing that, I know it's hard because this is your passion and the dreams are soaring mm-hmm. sky high. Like I can only imagine as you're crushing records, you're like, oh, I'm flat out killing it. Like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is a reality, right? Um, but anyone that's just balancing that out, don't, I would just urge it. We're not trying to lecture. Just don't discredit your education because that'll come in yeah. handy. It'll come in handy when you decide to retire. It'll come in handy when you decide to step away. And I agree, mm-hmm. Atlee, make sure it's something you're even remotely interested in. Don't just pick the MBA because five friends said, well, that's a no brainer. It'll make you the most money. Please don't do that. You will, mm-hmm. you will switch or quit. Like it's just not going to work yeah. that way. Um, yeah. all, all right. Well then, Hey man. Give give me the juice on this because I'm going to explain. Let me paint the picture here, all right? This is where I was sitting watching the CFL draft on my phone, and I was mm-hmm. praying so hard. I'm like, yes, I am biased, and yes, I know he wants green, but please, if I can get him in red and white, I want Atlee Simon on my team. And freaking lo and behold, was it May or June 2018? My phone beeps, and it's May. like, let's go! And dad and I probably made too loud of a noise in Tim Hortons and we were yelling. So, so that's, and I was praying so hard. I'm like, yes, I am biased. And yes, I know he wants green, but please, if I can look like none, many, many will never go through the process you did to get CFL combine too. So what is, what's that world? How'd that all start? Uh, I mean, it all starts going into your draft year. I mean, once your fourth year hits, you're draft eligible. And yes, sir. Any any guy that has aspirations to play at the next level, that's your biggest year. And um, Jeez. all I remember is at the beginning of the year, my first half of the season did not go well. I was Ooh. not playing well. Mm. Um, I was probably having one of the worst statistical years of my life at that point. Oh, man. Um, O-line was young, just – that's fair. It wasn't going, wasn't going great. And eventually my dad, again, he always pops up in the story somehow. Um, <laughs> I love your he, father, by the way. I've been him a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, after we just played Manitoba and we lost and I fumbled on the one yard line or something. Oh, that's hard, man. Didn't play well. And I was blaming everyone else except myself and, he there's this one time that time he slapped over the head he just sat me down and said you're playing like trash he straight up just told me i was playing bad wow and he he's never he was always very biased with how he talked to me he would always try to build me up and be like okay well like what can you do he straight up just came out black and white like you're not playing good and that that moment was the moment it kind of switched for me and i went on to the last four games, I think I ran for over 800 yards, um, <laughs> and got my I got my name kind of back in the, in the conversation because mm. in my head I'm like, man, I'm not even going to get invited to the combine. Jeez, like, the way with the way I'm playing. So there was just a lot of stress in in that that year and just the season in general. Um, and then I mean, you're waiting for the call to get invited to the combine. You get the call, which is awesome. But then the whole training process, you, oh. I, I remember in, in that semester, I was running track because I used that as uh, some training, obviously sure, for sure. speed and whatnot. Yeah, of course. But you're on, you're on, you're on a team, right? So you got practice every day. You're taking four classes, and I'm a math major, and <laughs> oh so I'm I'm taking these engineering level math classes. No, sir. Congrats, um, no. And then I'm I'm train I'm lifting multiple times a week, mm. obviously as well. Um, I don't think I've ever been more stressed. Oh and, God, man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, that was not a fun time. Um, but then you get to the combine, you go through that, which is just like a, just a blur of a weekend because you're just jumping from one thing to the next, and you're worrying about doing well and then you have these team interviews when you're and leading up to the combine you're getting phone calls from all these different teams interviewing you over the phone then you get there and you yeah it's 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 a wild ride um but 
so th- that was that was nerve wracking, and the combine went well. I mean, went as well as I probably could have. Um, felt good about it, uh, and then on draft day, I mean, well, you yeah, have man. really no idea. You have you really have no idea. We, I was actually in Guelph, Ontario. I went out to uh, um, this thing called National Training Camp, hmm. um, which is uh, an event held by Athletes in Action, which is a uh, a Christian organization on uh, that goes on every campus around Canada. And cool. in the US. Cool. But they uh they have campusing programs for teams and everything. And that was a huge part of my life throughout my university career. Um and I actually went to this thing as an internship. I I went knowing that the draft was gonna be there. Um but I th- I think God was really had his hand in it because he he's the one that kind of told me I needed to be there and not at home. Mm. Because I mean, not many kids are choosing to be away from their family in that moment, but no um i i just thought it would be a i needed to be in that environment and i don't know it was just something that i felt i needed to be at and i was in my dorm room and i think i didn't get drafted till the fifth or sixth round yeah yeah so i'm uh I'm sitting there thinking, man, I, I should go and and all these draft uh, mock drafts are coming out online, right? So your name is, oh, he's going in the second round, third round, oh, first round, like, right? So you have no idea. How does that feel? Really quick, pause there. Like, how does that feel to be talked about, but also to have all these random expectations? Like, how are you balancing that, uh, man? You try to ignore it as much as sure. possible, but yeah, I mean, I I had a good agent as well who. Mm who kind of kept me level-headed and he was pretty real with me, like telling me, Hey, you're probably going to go around this area. Um, these are the teams that I would keep my eye out for and mm-hmm. yada, yada. And the the thing is I, I was in my dorm room and on my phone by myself and just freaking out because it's getting late into the draft. I see all my, all my boys that I played against and I'm like, I'm better than you. You I'm bet. You right, bet. and you're getting drafted, and then the funny thing is, the teams that you thought were going to pick you are picking guys in similar positions, right? I I was kind of in the draft for either receiver or running back, and all these teams that I had really good interviews with, that team they really liked me were taking other dudes, and the one team I re- I was interviewed by every single team except Calgary. Calgary was didn't even talk to me. I didn't get a phone call from them. Um, so in, in my head, they, they were, they were not, they weren't even interested in me. A non-starter. Yeah. Um, (laughs) they, so I'm, I'm thinking, and all of a sudden I get a phone call with the area code for Calgary and it was Mark Mueller. It was Mark Mueller on the other end telling me I'm drafted. So that was, uh, and then, uh, like all the other people that were at the camp with me were on their phones waiting for my name to pop up because everyone knew was, I was expecting to get drafted. Of course. So they run into my room and celebrate. So that it was a really, really cool moment. Um, That's moment not that stressful, man. That's so stressful. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a scary moment, but uh, glad it worked out. Jeez. And I was actually really funny that you talk about like the interview process and stuff because as we, as we're starting to ramp up on the podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you questions. I'm like, this man has the athlete interview format down. The cadence is there. Very team oriented. The boys, <laughs> you got good times. We've been, and then I'm like, I get it, man. You've got the, you got the demeanor. It's great. The good news is you've warmed up now. Like he's got it, but I'm yeah. just like, Oh, yeah, my yeah. boy is practiced. This is not his first interview. Hey. This is fantastic. <laughs> It's good. No, it isn't. I'm seeing no, like a few photos online of like you and your like rider's jersey even like in front of people talking. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. remember. This is great. <laughs> um, So you get drafted by Calgary, right? And yeah. uh, it's funny, like I even like I tried to be careful because obviously I'm, I'm in Calgary. And I'm just like, hey, man, mm-hmm. I know literally the world is probably spinning right now. You're going to come. Mm-hmm. However, if you ever need anything, I don't know what that means. Let me know. But obviously, like yeah. we're praying for you, making sure you're doing okay. Like, what does that look like? Because I, it wasn't that like, I didn't have high expectations, not in a bad way. We know how football Mm -hmm. works. It's like, you're Mm -hmm. doing special teams or you're going to be practice squad. Like who knows? Right. So what did that look like when you go to training camp and you're, you're getting on your Jersey and and you're just like, holy hell, I am the lowest on the totem pole. What am I doing? 
man, that was my experience with the stamps was probably the lowest experience I've ever had in sport. Interesting. And, and that was, and, and it was my own, it's my own doing in the sense of like, it's another level, right? It's pro sport. Um, these dudes are, some guys have been playing in the league for decades, right? And I'm coming in as a Canadian first off, right? Yes. So you're already on, you're already on the bottom of the totem pole as a Canadian coming in. You have very limited spots you're competing for on a roster yes. as a Canadian. And my position as running back isn't exactly a hot hotbed for Canadian talent, right? There's not a lot of Canadian running backs in, in the league. So I'm coming in and it was unfortunate because I'm coming into Calgary and Calgary was, I was pumped they drafted me because they're generally one of the teams that ran a Canadian running back, right? Yes, they had Messam and, and Cornish back in the day, mm -hmm. right? So I'm thinking, hey, man, I, if I can maybe get a little backup spot, right? And I've got a niche. And crack the roster, right? Like that's, they like Canadian running back. So I'm thinking, oh, perfect. Right. <laughs> right. When I get drafted a couple of weeks later, they find out Jerome Messam gets cut and he's doing some dumb whatever. Right. And I remember gets this. cut from the team, right? And he gets, he gets cut. And now I hear that they're signing these American backs to fill that role and i'm like frick yeah uh that sucks right because now i'm competing against americans and it's even if you feel like and, and the americans are coming in are ex nfl dudes right they're coming from the from the league they're, they're bouncing down not coming up yeah. yeah that's true right so that there's already that and they're bringing in five of them because now they're saying we're going we're going american we're going committee position. yeah yeah so I uh, I was in a tough spot. I barely got any snaps <laughs> in camp. I was kind of just sitting on the sideline, um, getting one or two reps to practice type thing and kind of going through it as a rookie, right? And in my head, I'm like, I'm doing well with the reps I'm getting. Um, I'm thinking maybe I can crack the PR, right? And I can play receiver as well. So I was trying to show that I could do that. Got and, hands. You know, do whatever, right? And that first camp I get, at the end of it, I get sent back to school, which is fine. Um, I, they held my rights. So I go back to my fifth year of university, got to do another year of school. Um, youth sports different like that. So you can get drafted, go to the camp. If you have another year of eligibility, they can release you. They, 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 they suspend you. And then um, you can go back and play your fifth year. They hold your rights and you just sign another contract and go back hmm. for your second camp. So that's what happened to me. I went back, played my fifth year. <laughs> fifth year was a was a gong show. Um, yeah, how does that feel that. being like, we, we got to here, I'm wearing a Stamps practice uh, jersey, yeah. but I got to go home. Like, was it a lengthy convo or was it just like, look, Simon – we're going to send you back for a year. We just want to buy time. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that was, I kind of went in with my exit meeting kind of understanding that's probably what's going to happen. I was hoping for maybe a, a PR spot. Um, but I kind of knew I could kind of see the writing in the sand that it was like, yeah, you're going to head back for your fifth year. And I mean, as a person, like I wanted to finish school. So that was always in the cards for me. So I was like, if I get sent back, that's fine. Uh, it sucked going home though, because yeah. I was fully, I was fully anticipating moving out. You jacked to launch, man. Right? Yeah, like that. It sucked going home. I didn't want to be back in my parents' basement and doing that, and and then going back to the Rams, and it's like it's such a drop down from the pros, like in terms of in terms of athletes and just everything. Right? You're a pro athlete now. You're back to a collegiate. So that that was tough, um, but. It was okay because I knew what I – I had the experience, and now I knew what I needed to do to okay. be prepared for a camp, right? So go that that whole process. But then going into my second camp, I'm they, they, in my exit interview, they tell me, all right, you need, you need to play specials, so you need to get bigger to do such and such and such. So all offseason, I'm thinking, okay, I got to get put on some size to be able to – play as a canadian which is just really just a rat bannering round right on special it's scene, true right? so i'm like yes whatever i'll do what i need to do i i got i put on i got the heaviest i have ever been 
by far. And um, it's two months out of camp. I think it was end of March to around the a couple of weeks from now, essentially. And camp opens up in May, end of May. And uh, I get a call from my running backs coach and he says, Hey, Atley, how's it going? Good, good, good. I uh, just want to let you know we're moving you to receiver uh, for an upcoming camp. And uh, you're I so heavy. Him, like, you're so heavy, uh, dude. I was two ten. I'm only five eleven. I was two ten. I was, I was, I was the biggest I've ever been. Just, just uh, for context for people. So it's two things. One in the CFL, there's a ratio. The Canadian Football League has to protect Canadian players. So when Atlee says like Canadian running back, but then they decide to go American, it's they decide to move that Canadian ratio to a different position i'm not trying to get nerdy on you but just in case you're like why are they talking like this play football if you make the team it's not the nfl if you if cfl has different rules secondly a receiver has a different skill set than a running back you you are using your legs and your your power to push through the line of scrimmage as a running back that is why atlee gains so much weight when you are a receiver or a slot back the nimbleness, unless you're Nick Lewis, that's different. But like other than Nick Lewis, you need to be lean, mean, and fast. And Atlee just got told two months, two months before camp, you're going to go from a battering ram to a finesse position. Sorry, continue, Atlee. I just yeah. wanted to spell that out yeah. for people. And and it wouldn't have been an issue if I had the, the offseason trained for him, right? Because I, I can't kind of came into the league understanding that I'm kind of that hybrid. Uh, so yeah, that hybrid athlete, right? That can play in the backfield and play in the, out of backfield, and that was something that I always took pride in that, to be able to catch and and run routes and do that type of thing. Um, but to be to get that bomb dropped on you, right? And you work so hard was really tough. So I, but what can you do? I just say Can't okay, and then show mm-hmm. up to camp, right? Try to lose a little weight in the two months and start running way more because it's not just catching balls it's your cardio and your you ought to be sprinting and it, all those things so I, I the training is just completely different right running back shorts quick spurts of energy receivers oh, running a marathon throughout the game right um so i go into camp and i actually have a really good start to camp i'm i'm doing well um that the other thing is people just think football is all physical it the, the playbook at the next level is a, is a Bible. Here's the binder, play. sir. Yeah. Like it's massive. And I, I, I play running back my whole life. So running back terminology, regardless of how high of a level you go, is pretty similar. Right. And you, you, you just kind of pick Odds, up on things. Evens. Yeah. This. Yeah. Simple things like that. So I, I felt pretty confident that the playbook was not an issue. Now I'm learning route combinations and calls, hurry up offense, mm. and yada yada, right? And that's one thing. So I came into camp now having to learn a new position, not just play. I'm learning a new position, and I'm not just learning against dudes that are also learning their position. I'm playing against dudes that are pro professionals that on defense, right? So. <sighs> I'm doing all this on the fly, uh, at, but again, I have a good start of the camp, doing really well, um, was I think second or third in the depth chart on at my position, kind of both slots and performing well. And then the day before our red and white game, um, which is like our inner squad game, right? I get after practice, my coach comes up to me and says, hey, Atlee, we're moving you to wide out today uh, for the game tomorrow. So I all camp I was playing slot. I was playing inside slot, uh, doing well. So you're doing the, the waggle, game. and you're going to go cold start now. Yeah, now, yeah. So that's the other thing for people that understand yeah, slot please, bags. Please, get please the, fill get, out what the waggle is. <laughs> you, you get you get a running start before the snap of the ball, so you're full sprint by the time you get there, and everything's different. And now I got moved out to the outside. You're staring. I have to play. I'm static on the line and I have these guys up pressing me and jamming me and never played on the line ever in my life. Not oh like I've never, I've never played wide out. And it's like two I, shifts I have, in discomfort, two shifts. Oh my gosh. Continue. Jeez. I had, I had an evening The practice ended at like, I got back to my dorm at like nine 
And I was up till like one thirty two trying to learn these play this playbook because everything's different and all these route combinations in they, they, they just use one word. They say Florida and you need to know what you're doing. Oh but my gosh. It was completely different from the position I was learning before. So I was up learning a hundred plays <laughs> in a couple hours or whatever before I went to bed. Um safe to say that that did not go well i i look like an idiot half the time because i didn't know what the hell i was doing so uh that was that was hard that was really hard um just felt like i wasn't given a, a very fair chance and i wasn't put in a spot where i could succeed essentially um ended up getting cut got cut um first round of cuts too how does that again, feel man like what is that like uh, uh awful awful i uh <laughs> Uh, all my stance gear, ripped it off, left it in the dorms, don't have any of it. <laughs> got on the plane, got home, and um, didn't want to play football. Processed. Anymore. Didn't want to play. Didn't want to play. I was like, that left the worst taste in my mouth that I probably ever could could have, right? You go from playing the game that you love just for fun. And, and hitting the level, too, you, right? And you finally hit it, and you just get shafted. And uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! So that that sucked. That sucked. But that was my rookie experience. That was that's what I went through. So, um, so what yeah, happens uh, next? So you're so you're there, and we. I know we need to move this along, but obviously this was a meet because you you launch off of this afterwards. This is probably one of the most important parts. But you yeah. you get picked up, or did you do something else and you just dropped it completely and then got picked up? Like how the hell did that work out? I uh, I went back to school, so I went back and uh, I good was, old school. Yes, good old school. I was like, hey, I got to drop, fall back onto something. So um, I ended up doing my internship um, with a Regina Christian School. Nice. And so I was there for two months. So I started my teaching, and two months into the to it, I get a call from my agent telling me, hey, the riders want to pick you up. They want to pick you up on the PR, and uh, I'm I'm in the middle of my internship, so I can't. <laughs> if I if I dropped out, I'm halfway through too. I'm halfway through, and I'm like, oh, I've been talking to my agent. I'm like, well, I'm in the middle of like my my education internship. Like, he was just like, well, I mean, all I'm saying is, if you want to continue playing, then you this better is, take this. This is it. Like, this right. is not because I, I was at that point. I got cut in in June. I didn't get picked up till October, so oh, I was on crap. I was I was on the waiting room for a long, <laughs> a long time, um, but they picked me up, and I was I got picked up on the expansion roster too. So, essentially, what happens generally is they during at the ending of the CFL season they they expand the practice roster to allow because guys have injuries and stuff at that time of the year, so they bring in extra people. And it's only for a four-week span, and then usually they release those dudes. Um, so, anyways, I dropped out of my internship and started with the Rodgers that Monday um, after I got the call. And I, I, I hadn't been training like I usually. I was in the middle of work and coaching, and so I was training, but I wasn't training like I usually. And I was on the, I was on my couch for, I mean five months right so i was waiting a long time i never thought the call was going to come and i ended up getting it uh the finished out the season i didn't get released after the four weeks were up they kept me on and they offered me a new contract and um i mean it couldn't have gone better i mean i didn't get to address that season but they liked me enough to keep me around for the rest of the season and then they and you were a rider man you were a rider yeah that's pretty yeah, cool. That's cool, man. So, cool. so what happens then? So it's you write out that season, and you just said it. You you ended like you you backed out of the halfway point of your practicum, or your internship, and mm-hmm. what's going through your head the next year? Like what happens next? COVID happened, man. That's ah, what, yes. That's what that's what happened, and uh, I mean, I trained. I mean, that was that's the other thing. I finished up the season. I actually went back and finished my practicum. I had to restart in the winter. So throughout the winter portion of the year, I went back. And then March 2020. March hit. March hit. 
Uh, and I was, again, halfway through my internship and COVID hit and they just said, well, you passed. Congratulations, you're a teacher. <laughs> so uh, I, it actually worked out pretty good because they, I, uh, hey, that's the half, that's I, the other half of your internship. Yeah, yeah exactly. But there it is. <laughs> and, uh, and I that's got terrible. my teaching degree, got my teaching degree and then COVID hit and I was just sitting sitting back waiting to hear if the season was happening. Yeah, that was a sad day. And, sad day. Uh, eventually got word that CFL was canceling their season. Uh, and then I had to decision make because uh, my my alma mater, Harvest City, was and a couple other schools were offering me a full, like, full-time job. Which is hard. I find more and more as yeah. I have other friends teaching, getting full-time soon hard right out of right out of university is very very rare most most people are sub for for a long time and they they're like here's the full-time full-time got your own classroom i didn't have to do any like itinerant role it was a fear the classroom um unbelievable and i mean the 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 experience i had with the stance allowed me to make the decision much easier sure um because I learned how cutthroat and how up in the air um, that that profession is. Um, there's no no guarantees, right? I'm going back to camp with a maybe, with with a slight maybe, right? I would have really had to earn my way onto the roster and um, for not a lot of money. That's the other thing people don't realize in the CFL. I I, I make more as a first year teacher than I did as a as a rider that right? is it that is to, important to note for people yes like people don't understand you're not making bank in the cfl right you're you're making the year 45 after taxes just like just like a normal teacher right so yes um so that that just made it easier once the season got canceled i knew i had a decision to make i i also was planning to propose to my my at the time girlfriend I was saving up for that. I what does the future the look plans. like? What do we do to balance the the sport career? We're gonna get married. Yeah, COVID was, is here. That's a lot. It was just there's too many question marks, and the, the one thing that seemed like a sure thing was some stability in that. And I was going back to a place that I grew up in. I went literally spent. I go to that home church. <laughs> I went to the school from K to twelve. Um, there's familiarity the and safety there. So I, I just said, I'm, I'm hanging them up and taking this job. And man, I'm, I couldn't be happier that I did. Cause uh, that was my next question. Looks, yeah. Like, how did life, that life? feel when you finally made that decision before we go into your, your chapter now, which mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about, but, but like you've worked so hard, it's a long journey. Yeah. It's, it's not just days or weeks. It, it is years. And there's a lot of things that have to go right to get drafted. There's a lot of things that health perform uh audition they like you so you go through all this and i find that very fascinating and, and very eye-opening especially about the calgary experience um were you relieved a bit sad were you excited like what does that feel like when you announce it you know atlee simon Ooh. says he's hanging up his cleats it was it was a bit of everything um i by the time i announced that i was retiring i was already like three months into my first year of teaching. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of had some time to, to quietly to process. Yeah. It was very, I didn't drop the bomb out of nowhere. I kind of, it was halfway through, right. The, C, the CFL season would have started by then and yada, yada. And I just got to the point where I felt good about it because I could have very well um, taught for that year. And then went back to camp in June um, with the riders and just said, I'm going to, thanks for the job. I'm going to go play football. Mm. Um, but I just, I just felt so at peace with the, with where I was at in life. Um, I would, I didn't, I didn't find myself missing the game. Right. Uh, that'd my, body be huge. Was, my body was finally healing. I had a bunch of nagging little things that I, I was dealing with at the time. And um, I was happy I don't know. It was just, it was really a God thing. I mean, COVID was awful, but I think COVID was also. But it kind of put a hard really, stop to that whole notion. It did. Right there. It, mm -hmm. it ended that chapter for me and started a new one. And 
Um, I'm hundred percent like sure that I'm where I'm, I'm supposed to be right now. So, um, it was hard. Obviously it's, a, that was my identity for my yeah. entire life at, up to that point. Right. I was a football player. I was the athlete. Now I'm going to be the teacher. Right. It's like, Oh, that's kind of the stuff. Was that fun to shift though? You might as well go into it, man. Like where, where, where you went next. So you're working at your alma mater, you, you get mm-hmm. married, you know, but mm-hmm. was there a void that took a while to avoid? Like, I'm not trying to dramatic, like dramatize this at all, but mm-hmm. I, but, but like you said, this was a huge part of your life and there's a huge routine to your life. And then you've mm-hmm. now said, I'm good, but now you're moving yeah. into new routines. How, how was that transitioning into the next season? Did you have to fill a big gaping hole with a bunch of stuff? Or was it like, Oh, you, you know, it's kind of nice not to be broken. And like, I got spare time. Like, I don't know. Like what, what is that like? Uh, this this will, will sound a little corny, but I mean like the athletes in action, um, group I was a part of it kind of became my young adults like small group cool thing throughout and athletes in actions main thing is talking about your identity finding your identity in 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 Christ not in your sport that's wow. like the number one thing um they preach throughout and that I, I, I the reason I was able to make that decision is because I, I didn't see my identity as an athlete anymore. you felt secure just, who you were I just knew I just knew I wasn't, I wasn't athlete, the athlete, 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 the football player anymore. I was like, I could see myself moving on to different things. Wow. Um, wow. And I mean, I, I was, I'm fortunate. Most people don't have that as an athlete, right? They're, they're still living the dream. They're stuck in the, in the past. And there's still, you, I always find myself reminiscing about things here or there, but I, again, I was just at peace. I was just like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm not a football player anymore. Um, mm. I'm good with it. I was passionate and excited for some other things and moving forward. And I just, I just went with it. So, um, all right. Yeah. It's a little bit different than maybe a different answer than you thought I would say, but I'm happy to hear that. that. No, I I generally mean that. Like, and again, the reason why I asked that is because we, we all struggle with identity regardless. Like, I don't, I don't care if you're Mm -hmm. not a sports fan. Um, you know, even for me, I, I, I wanted to be a social worker. I thought about being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to be a pastor. For those that didn't know, I'm a pastor's kid. And like that's that's ingrained in you. And then you go mm-hmm. through life, you go through bumps and bruises or epiphanies. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to <laughs> do this or I can't do this. And that's yeah. really hard if like your identity yeah. is in that. So I'm happy for you on my end to be like, Oh snap. Like you had a safe, secure place to build yourself up where you're like, this was a great season, a chapter as a lot of people mm-hmm. would say, and we've moved on. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you doing now? Then this is one of my final questions. Like, what are, what are you doing now? That's you're passionate about that. You're inspired by, um, but what's, what's making it fun for you right now, Atlee? What are you loving? I mean, I've been, I'm in a new chapter. I got married in, in July this past summer. So I'm figuring out the married life. Got the ring club. Yeah. 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 Throw it <laughs> up. Uh, it's been a, that. So that's just obviously you would know this the process of growing and maturing. Yes, and sir. Dropping the pride and just learning <laughs> whole, whole new life. <laughs> it, it just is, right? It's just dying to self over and over and over again. So that's a, uh, that's just been a process for me. And then, um, I'm coaching, I'm teaching and coaching. So mm. I, uh, I'm coaching basketball. So I, uh, I've been, this is my second year, I guess, coaching the senior boys at Harvest city. Um, last year we, uh, had a pretty special run. I had a, had a little run with my brother and his grade 12 year. Um, what's that like we, really quick coaching mm. your younger brother and coaching yeah. first year and, figuring out coaching period seniors yeah. Yeah. i mean i was i was coaching with uh i was coaching harvest cities for a long time at the right. time. i only assistant coach though so throughout university i'd always help out ever since my brother got so you were around nine, so this was not was a, a random thing yeah okay. and i've been around basketball my whole life so I, I always have found coaching to be enjoyable but then my first year my second year teaching because there was no basketball season during that COVID year. And then, right. um, so it's my brother's grade 12 year. Uh, we have a really special team. We're a 2A school. So size of school, it goes 1A all the way to 5A, the biggest, the biggest schools. 
we're we're not a big school by any means. Uh, we're a two A school. We classified for five A. So we're playing oh against schools God. with like thousands, and we won both the city championship and the provincial championship last year. So let's go, Ali. Um, let's go. Congrats. Yeah, so that was that was an amazing uh, feat to be a part of and to do it with my brother. And to answer your question about how is it coaching my brother, we've been. He's eight years younger than me, hmm. so he's he's like, for a lot of the time, he was like my little kid. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, it, it was never really a, like a friendship for the most part early on, and then once he got into his teenage years, right, then we have similar interests and whatnot, and then we just became best friends. And oh, that that's awesome. My, that gives my best friend. So it was it was funny because I I was teaching him in the classroom. I taught him a couple classes and then coaching him. And, and then we'd go home and, and we'd game together and just chill. So it'd be, it, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good setup. That is an absolutely um, surreal experience. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, definitely a memorable way to start my, my career as a teacher. So yeah, I um, coached and taught my brother but, and then hung out with him after school. It's totally yeah, fine. It's just, yeah, it's chill. It was good. Uh, but now, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm still coaching. Um, wrapping up this season, my second year right now, and it's been a bit of a different year. We have a lot of young kids, which is um, development year, to, baby. Yeah, it it really was, and and it is. We're in a tournament this weekend, and it's just been cool to see a lot of these kids just grow. And that's the best part about teaching and coaching is just working with young people and seeing them just flourish and and grow and mature, and seeing them at one point and then watching them grow to the next point is is the most rewarding rewarding thing um and of course education is important but i i, I got into teaching just because relationships i just like building relationships with people um i valued like i said i had such an amazing community um growing up as a kid and if it wasn't for the people that built into me then i don't know what kind of kid i would have turned out to be right totally, so totally um i'm just trying to be one of those people for the for these kids and Hopefully that they, they appreciate it. And if they don't, maybe they'll look back and, and appreciate it then. But um, yeah, man, just teaching, coaching, married life. Be married. That's yes, all. sir. That's, yes. Uh, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the name of the game right now. Um, mm. Enjoying it. Simple life, but uh, seeing a lot of fruit in it. So. Hmm. It's been good. No, I appreciate it. And obviously, again, thank you so much for, for even just agreeing. Like I said, guys, Atlee and I haven't chatted like, one-on-one -on -one or directly i think oh my gosh probably 10 years really if we had to yeah. guess that since i've been in high school i yeah. was a youth group leader guys and and atley was in youth group that's that's the dynamic yeah. we're seeing here um i will yeah, offer yeah. you this though atley like be, before we close like you you know you've got a bit of a mini platform here it's fun to unravel your story and it's crazy the amount the amount of times you like you, we could see and hear the cadence, like even the Calgary journey. It's just like, wow, like the low, you know what I mean? But from from your journey and your story, it's final remarks. Is there anything, if someone's listening and whether they're an athlete and they're aspiring for awesome things and they're dreaming or they were told by their coach or their dad or whoever that they suck right now, like, you know what I mean? Or like you go into something preparing with all your might and then you get the carpet pulled out from under you. What are your final words to anyone listening to your story being like, oh my gosh, how do I make this work? I mean, biggest thing is for me to stay humble. Your, your pride is your worst enemy in, in, a lot of, in a lot of situations, right? Hmm. Stay humble, stay hungry, and uh, keep the most important thing, the important thing. And that, that's, that was my relationship with God was that um, through the process. And I know a lot of people may not believe in that thing, that type of thing or not, but that that was my that was your anchor, my anchor throughout my my whole career and my my life. So, um, and I had people reminding me in that of that along the way, right? When I when I had that crappy first four games in my in my fourth year, right? I had my Kaplan sitting me down and saying. Hey, where's your identity? Where's your wow. who are you thinking you are? Right. And then wow. I had my dad sitting down, like, who do you think you are that you're above the team? You're playing bad, right? Wow. Like I had people setting me straight and reminding me of, of who I actually am. I'm not I wasn't that little football player, right? I wasn't I wasn't the stud on campus, right? I was 
a child of God at the, at the base of it, right? And I I knew I had to do some growing up, right? And Jeez. you take care of that aspect of things. Uh, the on-court, on-field things will take care of itself as long as you put in the work. Um, character. Character. That's all. I That's love all it. I, got it. I love it, man. Yeah. And two final shout-outs. What's your wife's sneaker business? And for people who want to learn Ooh. more about that venture, what's going on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, So so my wife's extremely talented, um, extremely talented artist. Uh, she, she made the news, a... guys, so just calm down, uh, okay? Well, she, she's, blowing, she's blowing up right now um, for good reason. She has a custom shoe business. She paints shoes called Kicks by Cast. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, now, hey, get, go get yourself a couple of kicks. Kicks by Cast. It's uh they're pretty cool. It's very cool. Very cool. And then athletes in action for those that want to learn more, where can you find them? What's their website? If you know it off by athletes in action.ca or yeah, I, I, I would just Google, Google it. athletes yeah, in action athletes, guys. Athletes in action. I mean, if you're an athlete on campus around, uh, around Canada there, they'll be, they'll be around. Um, you can get connected with them again. Changed my life was my, the only reason I got through university and, uh, the same person. So, um, owe a lot to them and I'm sure a lot of people have heard I mean they go around to every team at the beginning of the year is offering invites so go to the first meeting guys and uh you, you won't regret it Frick sakes man Atlee you're an absolute gem I uh, just want to say thank you again on behalf of the Russ Rants podcast the Russ Rants community even for me I'm Russ the real Russ no I just want to say thank you man like out of the blue guys I just messaged Atlee and I was like hey man I thought of you do you want to be on the podcast yeah sure <laughs> It's just like, hi to hey. you too, you know? So, um, hey, it's been awesome. I had a lot of fun. I've, I've always wanted to be on the podcast. This is the first, hey, guys, this is the first time. This is the first time. This is the first time. And the guy's just now, again, not first interview, but first podcast. Yeah. And you freaking aced it, man. You freaking aced it. So go check him out. Uh, at least Simon, really, just on Instagram. He's shouting out his brother. Yeah. I see Isaac there a few times for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Uh, kicks by Cass, obviously, but Atlee, you're awesome. Thank you for being on this episode. You. Look forward to having it on YouTube and the other podcast platforms within the next week here. I'll let you know. All right. Um, but GG's everyone have a great night. Tip your waitresses. and We'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the restaurants podcast. Feel free to like, and subscribe to support. I love hearing from you. So make sure you send me any feedback and show ideas at Russ at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter at Russ number one, and Instagram at Russ Thanks so much. And I hope to see you next time. Seriously. Take care. Bye-bye.